Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're having all an absolutely terrifically blessed day today, as always. And be sure to check out the product of the week, the liver support on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And also, too, the ultra-advanced joint therapeutic kit on pretty much one of the biggest sales I've ever done this for overall joint health with the joint rebuilding and joint relief formula on sale. And you get the hyaluronic acid formula completely for free in this kit for a very limited time. It probably will run through the weekend at the longest. And then after that, I'll have to continue to reevaluate inventory and what I can continue to fulfill on this with as many people are trying to get take advantage of this deal right now. So be sure to check that out for a very limited time, the Advanced Joint Therapeutic Kit on sale. And I wanted to touch base with some because I saw this this morning, and I, I found it to be very strange how it's covered almost every single major media outlet. It's already started to get massive coverage, but yet it's still a very strange situation and not something that's really out of the blue for other cities that are continually be run by Democrats my condolences to anybody that was involved in this. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. There was an incident that occurred last night where apparently, oddly, a 15-year-old teenager uh, went on a shooting rampage down the street and basically ended up killing an officer and four other people. And police finally got him cordoned off like two hours later in the middle of a suburban neighborhood and uh, took him into custody. Now, the strange thing about this whole situation was, A, the amount of media coverage that's already started to collect this morning because it happened yesterday evening. And secondly, when you look at any other areas, by Raleigh, North Carolina, by the way, it's run primarily by Democrats, and you continue to see these cities are becoming more and more strange, not only with violence but also with perversion and lack of mental health and a lot of very strange scenarios that are starting to occur when you start having these people that are hardcore leftists get in these areas and start to try to – dominate them now what's interesting is that you know in no other outlets except for one other place could i find in the chicago sun times where you actually found out what happened just last night in chicago 10 different people were shot three of them were fatally injured in chicago last night i think with two different home invasions another one with a carjacking another 16 year old 19 year old boy were shot outside the park at three in the afternoon uh two hours earlier a 20 year old man was shot on the street at 1 10 p.m uh 10 people got shot yesterday just yesterday in chicago three kills but yet i literally can only find this in chicago sometimes made no other media coverage at all Yet this Raleigh, North Carolina shooting happens in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it's on every single mainstream news platform right now, pretty much on the front page. I ask the question, why is it that one shooting gets much more coverage than another was because it's kids age? I don't know. But one thing that I do find interesting is I told you guys this week with what started to happen now over the last couple of days with the European Parliament and the, the ministers from Croatia and from a, basically the Netherlands and other countries who have been blatantly coming out now and calling criminal investigations into Pfizer. Actually, I looked in earlier, one of the main MPs, uh, Mislav Kovaski, I quoted him yesterday. He came out again yesterday and blatantly said that they are demanding refund compensation for the basically deadly fake vaccines that Pfizer sold them. They want like $2.5 billion refund back, and that the amount of money that was spent by the European Union was another 70 
billion apparently he was throwing out there, 70 billion, the amount of money that has been injected in the pharmaceutical companies in aggregate with this vaccine, they're demanding a full refund brought back to the European Union. Now, whether or not this is something that actually goes anywhere, I doubt it because Pfizer likes to just basically run the show. Apparently, nobody ever calls them out for anything. But this guy did. And I was actually quite proud of it because this is a big deal. Because this is something that goes well beyond the vaccine compensation injury fund that we see in the United States that's funded by taxpayer dollars, ironically. When you're seeing now that a pharmaceutical company blatantly lied to everybody, blatantly put out a dangerous, deadly shot, and then blatantly told everybody that it was 100% safe and effective and that everybody had to get it. There is no question there has to be some ramifications for this. And so in Europe, they're getting pretty pretty irritated about this entire thing that's happening over there. And so, again, it's something that we all need to be aware of, and this is why I've continued to tell people this last two years. Anybody that's listening to the show is not surprised on anything that's happening right now as far as with this whole thing with a shot. But isn't it kind of ironic how – Right when they're starting to ramp up, oh, we're going to have a nuclear war with Russia, nuclear war with Russia. Everybody needs to get their 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 nuclear drugs, you know, their whatever their their radiation drugs. Everybody's got to get that right now, right now, right now. Then all of a sudden, we see these abysmal inflation reports yesterday. Then suddenly, there's this random shooting in North Carolina that now suddenly has taken the news to grips, and nobody's talking about Pfizer again. Isn't that funny how that always happens? Pfizer starts making national media coverage and. Suddenly now, there's not a single article, a single coverage I can find on what happened in Europe this week in the parliament and these individuals that are calling them out now that are basically in the European Union. And it's interesting how that happens. And that's happened, guys, now on three separate occasions that I have pulled up in my articles where something happens and Pfizer starts getting blasted and they start going viral on social media, media coverage, and immediately some massive news coverage takes over the entire scene and nobody talks about it at all anymore. This also happened repeatedly when they kept releasing their 55,000 documents monthly about how unbelievably dangerous the shots were in the clinical trials and how not only did they not work, there's an enormous amount of people that were having severe side effects from them to the point that Pfizer had to bring in thousands of outside workers to help document and handle the influx of people that were having severe side effects. And that was just in the three short months of clinical trials in 2020 when they ran those. This is – it has been criminal the entire time. And then you take it a step further to see now they're blatantly telling everybody, oh, you need to get your next shot. We need to get emergency use now for these children five and up, as I covered this week. I've talked about it all in depth this week, so I'm not going to keep beating it. But one thing that people need to realize, there's always a reason why when you start hearing things that come out, real stuff that's actually happening that they're not supposed to talk about, there's almost invariably Always a narrative switch they want you to switch over to and start talking about and say, oh, well, don't, we're not worried about this anymore. We need to focus on this, 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 and this. Now we need to figure out what's going on with the shooting in North Carolina. Nobody even knew 10 people got shot in Chicago yesterday afternoon. Guarantee nobody knew that at all. But now you do on this show and understand there's always a reason why they pick certain stories to make headline coverage, especially right before a weekend, to continue to control the way people think and how they respond to certain things. What do you think, Dan? Uh, you're right. The thing in Chicago is bad. In fact, we had one of our listeners, Liz in Chicago, 
And she told me the other day, she goes, that you know, God has called her to stay there. And I can't argue with that. I mean, if God's called her to stay there, God's called her to stay there. And she wants to continue just to let everybody know that she's holding the line. I'm using my words now as far as from a Christian standpoint, witnessing to a lot of people in Chicago. And she, and she believes that God will protect her. And I have to believe that with her. But the reality is, is that, you know, Chicago is a failed state, failed city. I mean, Illinois is pretty much a failed state, except for the farming. Some of the farming areas are pretty nice. And this, the same thing is, is true with all of these democratic controlled cities. I mean, you got, you got to ask yourself a question. I mean, why in the world have they turned into this unbelievable communist, Democrat, leftist cities turning and get rid of their own police department? Like yesterday we covered, you can't even chase people anymore up there in, in Washington. The 911 people are calling up and telling the cops to stop chasing the criminals. I mean, it's ridiculous. And we see this happening over and over and over again. And so, again, Austin's right. When we control the narrative, when they control the narrative, I, I got to give them credit. I, I really do. I mean, I, when you own the media and, and you own AP and you own Reuters, the Rothschilds control both those. You can get to you. You get to tell people what the news is. You get to make a decision on what you're going to cover and who you're going to talk about and what you're going to promote on the news stories. You get to do that because you own the media. And I, I told you stories about it this week as far as, you know, what happened with me and what happened with, you know, when I was doing Kathy Fountain show and I, I on Tampa Bay and, and, the, and the investigators they did on that show at Fox back in the 90s. You know, you see these people come in from behind the scenes very, very quickly and snap you tight. I used to do a, a big show with John Jay and Rich. I did it for years and years and years and years and years. You know, I followed them, you know, from Cincinnati. I followed them to Houston. I followed them to Tucson. Then I followed them to Phoenix. And I mean, I was in the studio with them every single place. And we used to do tours in a you know RV and travel around and do seminars or radio TV shows around the country. And it's back in the 90s and 2000s. And the last time I was on with John Jay was over 10 years ago. And he's a great friend, great guy too, great, great radio personality. But he's never had me back on again because the last time he put me on, he kept me on the whole show. He brought me on like at 7 o'clock in the morning and kept me until like 10 o'clock in the morning. We had great response. I had a whole bunch of people buy our Eat, Drink, and Be Healthy program to get help as far as lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides, blood sugar. And what ended up happening is – he won't put me back. He won't put me back on again, and and I don't understand why. But I can guarantee you, what happened is it wasn't his decision. It came from the higher ups, and they told him, you know, we're not going to bring Ted Brower back on again because Ted Brower is giving alternative information as far as what we don't want to cover, or he's stepping on our sponsors' toes. And when you have a company or a radio station or a TV station, and they're getting huge sponsorship dollars from diet sodas or huge sponsorships you know, from, from pharmaceuticals, and you bring a guest on who's going to directly affect that, they don't want that guest on anymore. And it's not just me. Pretty much in the last 20 years, pretty much all alt media people that basically come in and talk about alternative health care, like how to lower blood pressure, cholesterol, triglycerides, or blood sugar normally or naturally, they're not on the air anymore. Back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, that was a big deal because there were independent programmers and independent broadcasters that weren't being owned by these giant conglomerates of State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard. And we got to realize that. I mean, we've lost a lot of the independence, and now we're having massive censorship. You know. Alex Jones's wife is coming out. She, I don't know how in the world he ended up marrying this one, but but she's just slamming him and saying that you know that she hopes that every single penny of this judgment that he's had against him is going to get paid. And I'm thinking to myself, why do people have to do that? Why do ex-spouses or you know or divorcee people who have parents or basically mothers and dads who hate each other? Why do they have to come in and start slamming each other? You know, at the end. Or after they're divorced or after, the, you know, whatever happens. I don't understand any of that. Now, you know, Alex Jones, you guys know I do not follow him, period. I do not. I do need not, not tell you any reasons why because you guys already know why. You can read between the lines on all of it, but I don't follow him. But what his case has done is it's created a precedent now for all broadcasters to come in and basically say, 
we've been censored. We can't say what we want to say anymore because if we do, we're going to have some kind of crazy judgment come against us. And the, the weirdest thing about this was this trial was not about whether or not these, if, whether or not Sandy Hook happened or didn't happen. The trial was about defamation of the individuals and any information that was being brought in to prove the case of this, you know, of Alex was basically disallowed by the judge. And, and so I watched part of it. I thought myself, this just doesn't seem to be OK. I mean, why would the court decide this? But remember, I told you the story about my friend who has that big church up in Columbus, and he ended up having a person come in and claim that their child had been grabbed by the arm and had a bruise on that arm because one of the workers had done that. And it never happened. And what ended up happening is. They ended up going to court. They weren't allowed. The videotape was considered inadmissible as far as from the video that, that is shown that it never happened. They never were allowed to even present it as evidence. And then the individuals that were in there who said it never happened, that was – their testimony was considered inadmissible. And they ended up losing, I think it was either 3 or $4 million in this judgment. It, it really hurt the church financially. But see, that's just the way the court systems work. It's very easily manipulated. Remember, Austin, I've told you this many times. Our constitution – being a republic is wholly inadequate for a non-Christian nation because people come in to the court systems and they lie. They lie under oath. The police lie. And, and nothing happens to these people that are coming in and lying in most cases. They're never charged with you know, perjury. They're never charged with anything because it's their testimony and it's their opinion and nobody else was there. But the person who was there says it didn't happen. It happened to me years ago. I told you guys that was, I got stopped for a seatbelt check. And everybody was lying. It was ridiculous. About three out of five of the people involved with all that with me got fired. The case was eventually dismissed and dropped. But I didn't stop. I pushed it. I got the number one attorney here in central Florida, and I said, I'm not playing this game with you guys. I won't do this. But think about it. I had to spend, I had to spend a bunch of money on this attorney. Most people don't have the opportunity to do that. They're gonna, they, just, they get, get a court-appointed attorney, and they, and they, they get thrown under the bus. They, they basically, they, the court-appointed attorneys, they're not trying to try a case. They're trying to settle the case. Because most of them, when they're put into a position like being a court-appointed attorney, they're not given one or two or three or four cases. They're given 150 cases. And a lot of times they don't even see the case until like an hour before the trial starts or the hearing starts. And so all they're told to do is do everything they possibly can to settle everything before it goes to trial. And so it's a weird situation, this justice system that we live in now. It really, really is. I want to cover this too. This is an investment that was hyped by Bill O'Reilly. And, it's an, and I don't really cover this kind of stuff, but it was a Ponzi scheme the feds are saying. For years, National Realty Investment Advisors promised their clients an easy way to get rich, and they had bold-faced names like Bill O'Reilly and Lawrence Taylor making their case. After investing a few thousand dollars in the New Jersey-based group focused on high-end real estate and engender-fying neighborhoods claimed, clients might see returns of at least 12 percent. The message was repeated in thousands of emails on huge billboards, and it's a Lincoln's Holland Tunnel, even radio ads featuring the former Fox host – and the NFL star. But on Thursday, prosecutors alleged the investment company's president and associate were in fact participating in a brazen $650 million Ponzi scheme that defrauded thousands of investors. Now, I'm not going to read you any more of this. I'm going to post it on the website. Here's why I'm telling you this. Be really careful with your investments. I can pretty much tell you if something sounds too good to be true, it's not true. It's not true. 12 guaranteeing you 12, 18, 20 percent. Look at Bernie Madoff and what he did. They were getting an average of 18 percent return per year, and it was a what, $50 billion Ponzi scheme. A lot of people out there prey on people, especially the elderly who are on fixed incomes or retirees who are now getting less than 1 percent on their savings accounts and all the other things that are happening. They, they, they prey on these people, and they try to take advantage of them, and they get them involved in Ponzi schemes. 
be very, very, very careful. I had a, one of our family members was retired, and they had a bunch of money in annuities. And the person came into their, quote, unquote, retirement village, and they told them, well, you're not making enough money on annuities, which they were getting a fixed-base annuity. They were making like 6%. It was great, the money they were making, and there was no penalty for pulling any of this money out. They already had it in there long enough. Well, what happened is he sold them a bunch of stuff that basically would give them a higher rate of return. It did not. Well, then the person had to have the money for things that they were doing for home improvement. They started pulling the money out. He got about – I think they put a half a million dollars into this thing. He ended up getting like a $200,000 commission, no joke. And what happened is when they tried to pull the money back out, they got penalized for income tax and the penalty that they were being charged because he was paid his giant commission, and they ended up losing approximately half of the money. I mean within, I'm, I'm talking within months, not, a, not, not decades, and, it, and because they listened to some financial investor, some financial planner. Be very, very, very careful with financial planning. Be very careful. Make sure you get reputable people involved and get multiple opinions what you should and shouldn't do. A lot of these guys, not all of them, but a lot of them are really, really bad people, and they tell a lot of good people bad things while they're getting paid both in and out of what they're doing as far as the money they're making. So when you buy stuff, they get paid. When you sell stuff, they get paid. By the way, BlackRock assets are plummeting, which is you know, surprise, surprise, ha-ha, don't really care. Back at lock, BlackRock assets are plunging into the global stock and bond turmoil. BlackRock, the world's largest investment manager, reported assets under management – Plunged 16% from one year to 7.96 trillion. Now think about that for a second. They had they have, they have after it plunged from over 8 trillion to 7.1 7.96 trillion, and that doesn't include what Vanguard and State Street have and the cross collateralization that they have as far as buying each other's owner stocks and ownership, you know, through what they call circular ownership. Remember, Dr. Zelenko, before he died, he wrote something, and I read it on the year before. I'm gonna read part of it again. He goes, "I'm a conspiracy realist." Vanguard and BlackRock are stakeholders in all industry, media, academia, and politics. Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street – I'm adding State Street – invest in each other through what's called circular ownership. Thus, consider Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street as a monopoly that owns everything. With due diligence, you'll discover that the major stakeholders of this monopoly are the Rothschild family, number one, DuPont family, Rockefeller family, the Carnegie family, the Orsino family, the Bush family, and the British royal family. Again, this is – we're talking about bloodline families now. They use the following foundations to foment chaos around the world, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Soros Open Society Foundation, and Clinton Foundation. These foundations are instruments for geopolitical destabilization. Chaos is good for business and power acquisition. Only a divinely inspired force can overcome this Goliath. Now, I'm going to say this to Dr. Zelenko now, who's – I hope in heaven because I have a good friend of mine who prayed the sinner's prayer with him, and he accepted Christ before he died, according to my friend. And he goes on to say the world will be redeemed of acts of kindness and goodness. That's simply not true. That's that Kabbalah stuff, and it's all inverted of what he's trying to say. The world has not been going, to re- been going to be redeemed of acts of goodness and kindness. The world has already been redeemed. That's through Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say we need a collective divine consciousness in order to merit divine intervention. No, we don't. We've already had that. Jesus Christ has already come and done all of this for us. Just been, I'm sure that Dr. Zelenko, after he accepted Christ, before he died, he's aware of that. This is what he says. The owners of Vanguard and BlackRock and State Street Monopoly are a manifestation of the primordial serpent. Now he's talking about Lucifer and Einsoff and all the rest of this stuff. Now this is the thing that I try to tell people all the time. We are not the only people that are telling you guys this stuff. We're the ones that are basically telling you that this is the group that's running, running the planet because we need to understand who these people are and what they believe. Look what, look what the, that whackbag Biden said now. He says if, if, if Putin leaves Ukraine… He'll be able to remain president of Russia. Now, can you believe the hubris and just the absolute arrogance of a statement like that? 
we're dealing with a duly elected official of another independent state that has nothing to do with the United States. We're talking about Russia now, and he's telling the Russian president that he'll be allowed to stay in power if he leaves the Ukraine. Who in the world does Biden think he is? Oh, that's right. Biden's a spokesperson for the World Economic Forum, isn't he? He's a spokesperson for Klaus Schwab and all the other weirdos. He's the spokesperson as far as his teleprompter spokesperson because he has no idea what he's saying. And we have no idea if these little speeches that Biden gives are actually him or basically completely computer generated. We have no idea because sometimes he sounds way too mentally acute to be the same guy that we see bumbling around, falling downstairs and falling off of bicycles. And we need to understand this World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, is the one that's tying all these pieces together for this Kabbalist Luciferian network. Here's This is an article from Navratius, Ph.D., Michael. He says, scientists are sounding the alarm as Bill Gates, Rothschild Cutout, the World Economic Forum, Rothschild Cutout, promote gene editing technology for everything from fake meat to designer babies. Now, I'm going to print this and post this on the, on, on the show because you guys, you guys need to read through this. But, guys, all these people are always the same group. They're always the same people doing the same thing to the same groups, which are being you and me, of course, because they really feel from their Kabbalah rhetoric and all their Kabbalah weirdo stuff that they've done from the Zohar that the only way they can fix the planet is to destroy the planet and start it over again and turn right back around at that point and recreate what they want in their own image, which would be basically in that of the Antichrist and destroying Christianity because they don't want Christianity here. They want to go back to the old world order of open human sacrifice. That's what they want. So always remember that. This article goes on to say CRISPR, a recently developed gene editing technology, is promoted as a potential solution to numerous diseases, to food security and climate change, even a way to deliver designer babies and bring extinct mammals back to life. The technology has attracted significant investments from the attention of actors such as Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum. Imagine that, how these two always get dragged into the same sentence. But many scientists express concerns about the technology's powerful, harmful effects. In interviews with the defender, Dr. Michael Antonio, head of the Gene Expression and Therapy Group at King's College London, and Claire Robinson, managing editor of GM Watch, provided insights into the flaws of this technology, its potential consequences, and the risks associated with not regulating it sufficiently. Now, see, now, guys, it's important we understand something. This is exactly maybe different technology, maybe different methodology that was used in Genesis chapter 6 when the fallen angels came down and they started breeding with human beings, and they started changing the human genome in the very beginning with Adam and Eve to the point that by Genesis chapter 6, the world was so corrupt and human beings were so evil that every thought of every man was evil all the time, which I already told you guys. I believe it was from the energy field that had been entrained and entrapped around the planet, producing this energy field of unbelievable negativity and evilness all over the planet, which is what they want back. And so this is the group that's still doing this again. You know, what do they say? Nothing new under the sun. They're here once. They do it. They're now here again, doing it again. And that's why Jesus said so specifically, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, that was Genesis chapter 6, when everybody's thoughts were evil all the time. He said, as it was in those days, will it be when I return again? Guys, listen to me. It's really very, very important that we understand this. We've got to stand in the aggregate against this. We've got to stay away from the gene therapy and the gene editing and everything else. Uh, last night I was on with uh, Jeff Frentz, and he was talking about how it was dangerous for a person to basically had been, not been vaccinated to have uh, relations, sexual relations with someone who had been vaccinated because of the transference of the mRNA protein. You know, and all the crazy stuff that happens with that and the, all the crazy things that are being injected in the people. And it was very be honest with you, disheartening to me because now I'm single and I'm basically looking for a, a, a new person to go out with and hang out with and be friends with. And all of a sudden, suddenly, you know, I'm being warned by Jeff Rents. You've got to make sure that the only people you date now are people that are not basically 
you know, injected. Well, with 80 percent of the people injected, it creates a real problem, doesn't it? And see, this is the thing that we run into. This is a real problem that we have right now. I mean, are we the only pure bloods left on the planet? Are we the only ones left? Are we like we were with Noah's family? They were the only pure blood left on the planet. And that's why God picked them to be saved in the ark. It gets kind of weird when you start really thinking about this stuff. So it's really, really important that you stand your ground. You continue to do what Ephesians says, put on the full armor of God. And no matter what happens, you stand. And now I read you that article this week about how the people that are unvaxxed are the heroes. The, the pure bloods are the heroes. Now here I'm calling them pure bloods, like they're a genetic anomaly, which they shouldn't be a genetic anomaly. They should be the real person, the real group of people, the real human beings. Is, is Homo sapiens sapien gone? You know, Klaus Schwab said that you'll own nothing or you'll be happy because he said, We're going to change you. He said that. We're going to change you. So how in the world are they planning on doing that without complete and total gene editing like this CRISPR technology or injecting this mRNA shot with you or using nanolipid particles they could activate with all kinds of who knows what in them by using 5G technology? We're in a situation right now, guys, that we got to continue to pray. I prayed for you guys this morning. I had a great prayer. In fact, I prayed with Savannah, my 19-year-old daughter, this morning and prayed for you guys. And I want to thank you again for all, the things, all that you do for the support of Health Masters. I love you guys. I, I'm still caught up on my emails. I still write you guys emails every day at Ask Dr. Ted. You know, B at Yahoo.com. That's A-S-K-D-R-T-E-D-B at Yahoo.com. And I still answer your emails. Now, sometimes some of the emails get really long and really wordy, and I have to be careful because I don't have the time to read, you know, like a 10-page article. But the reality is, is I try to take the cliff notes off of that and try to answer those. So keep these things really concise if you possibly can, and just let me know what you need from me. Uh, this morning I had a really good email from the Jeff Rent show that I was on last night talking about the history of the Kabbalist network around the world. And it was, I mean, it was just, I mean, absolutely on point. So I really enjoy reading stuff like that too. But guys, I love you. But remember, you know, you are in covenant with the most high God and the will of the majority doesn't outweigh the will of God. And when you are in covenant with God, that means you plus God is equal to majority and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The other thing I really like about these emails, I've got people saying all over the world now. So I got one from Japan this morning. It said, we're being bolder now. I'm talking about Jesus and I'm talking about my faith to my coworkers and I'm being like you guys are on the radio show and I'm talking about being a Christian and, and what God means to me and what God has done for me. Guys, listen to me. God did everything for you. He did everything for you. Don't believe him for something. Believe him for everything because he's done that for you because you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because remember, always remember this. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it, and I will stand and I will be bold in my faith. Yesterday I met somebody in Tampa for lunch. It was, not, it was a professional thing. And the first, so they brought the lunch, and I said to her, I said, uh, I'm going to pray. Would you like to join me? And she goes, well, yeah, of course. So I prayed. And I didn't pray all quietly. I prayed. You say, well, I, I want to pray real quietly so nobody hears me. I pray loud enough that I want people around me to hear me, that they know that I'm a child of the Most High God, and I serve Jesus, and I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Always remember that, guys. I love you. Also, what do you think of what's your next story? Wow, that's exactly right. Well said. Be vocal if you have a conviction. I've told you guys that for years. If you know something's right, if you know it to be true, say it quietly run around and whisper in the corner, proclaim it, state it, state it strongly. There's going to be people that don't agree with you. There's going to be people that do agree with you, whatever. That's everybody's opinion and everybody's right. 
this concept that we've run into now in this very strange, macabre, Twilight Zone world to where suddenly everybody's offended by anything, but suddenly we can't be offended by anything as far as this – if you're a Christian, if you're a patriot, if you're American, you pretty much can't say anything about anyone, but everybody can pick on you. That's not fair. I don't like that. I'm not going to go along with that. And you know, Dad mentioned earlier about this absolute insane theater defamation suit with this billion dollar payout. You know, as far as with this alternative media platform, and I, I've told you guys before, I don't agree with everything he says as far as on that show. I'm not don't disagree with everything he says either. But that is what has happened with him is just a side note. What has happened right now with this defamation suit, and he mentioned this briefly, and this is what my brother had explained to me because, you know, Harrison, he's a law school – he's not a law school student anymore. He's an attorney. He's passed the bar. He's, he's practicing, and so he's up there, graduate from Florida State. And he said precedent is a huge, huge factor and basically you know, as far as law proceedings. And what's happened is now one of the things that's been very strange that a lot of people aren't talking about with this defamation suit, not only is it just outlandish as far as the amount of money. If you look back, one of the, I think the largest defamation suit in history before this was like $230 million back in like the late 90s. And it was it, it was like two hundred two hundred twenty two million, excuse me, to a local bond brokerage firm in a libel suit against a nineteen ninety three article in the Wall Street Journal. And at that point in time, it was ridiculous. They said it was still outlandish. And this one has become even more outlandish. But here's the part that really is troubling to me about this: one of the individuals that is being paid out is a retired, a now retired FBI agent. William Alderberg. He was listed basically as one of the individuals in this, and he was reportedly the lead investigator that was – or not one, one of the main investigators of the FBI agent that responded to December 14, 2012 shooting at the Connecticut Elementary School and testified in the Connecticut trial. And essentially now we're finding out not only is he being awarded $90 million in this verdict, $90 million – because he basically says that he's got mental anguish of having to deal with the parents because they were allegedly you know, harassed and people said that it was a false shooting. Now, I'm not saying if it was real. I'm not saying if it was fake. I wasn't in Connecticut when it happened, so I can't give you my true determination of it. I know there was a lot of things that happened up there that nobody could answer. But that being said, $90 million to an FBI agent that was involved in the investigation up there because he had emotional damage. Now, here's the strange thing about this. This is what I found out later on now. This William Outerberg, he was also one of the lead investigators for the special counsel with John Durham. This goes back to what would happen when Albert was identified as the lead investigator for Durham, the firm, former U.S. attorney for Connecticut, who was appointed by the former attorney general, William Barr, to investigate the Russian collusion. This FBI agent was wrapped up in that entire thing with the Russian collusion and Barr and Durham and everything that was going on with that whole thing. Now, what's interesting about this, now we find out that not only was he the FBI agent up in Sandy Hook, he was involved in the Russian collusion investigation with Durham and Barr. Then suddenly he retires from the FBI so he can get involved in this lawsuit to get emotional damages and get paid $90 million. Now, if you guys know anything about this, going back to like 1978, 
the St. Louis University Law Journal, the court has held that public officials are prohibited from recovering damages for defamation lawsuits related to official conduct or engagements unless they can prove the statement was made in true actual malice, basically with knowledge that the statement was false with reckless disregard of whether it was true or false. Now, this FBI agent that was involved up there in Sandy Hook, he wasn't involved in much of anything as far as with defamation. He was involved in primarily emotional damage of dealing with the families that allegedly had defamation. So now he steps down from his position and retires from the FBI so he can get involved in the lawsuit and now gets $90 million. This is an unbelievably dangerous precedent in the United States right now, my friends, that we're now saying, obviously, we already know. There is massive corruption in the FBI. That is a fact. Nobody can argue with that anymore. I'm not saying all the FBI is corrupt or everybody in the FBI is, but we already know there is an enormous amount of corruption in the FBI and a lot of massive double standards. You have the FBI agents going and kicking doors and arresting pro-life activists for stuff that happened a year and a half, two years ago that they weren't even charged criminally with in the city and state. Like I talked about the one activist that got in the altercation with the, uh, the abortion clinic out front because the guy basically got in his kid's face. And then, you know, the abortion and, you know, the anti-activist, anti-abortion activist pushed him down. He wasn't even charged in the scene. They didn't even file any charges. The prosecuting attorney dismissed it there. But also the FBI comes to his house with 30 FBI agents armed, arrest him in front of his family with rifles pointed at everybody because they're charging him basically with, you know, violation of the SAFE Act. They've done this now to 11 other individuals, but isn't it funny? Hunter Biden still had, I haven't seen him one single time even get a, you know, anything. He hasn't got a subpoena. He hasn't even had anything. Oh, that's right. Well, even with the laptop and all the information, clearly there's a double standard with the FBI. So if we're now setting the precedent that FBI agents can now basically step down from their position and now sue civilians saying that I had emotional damage for what you said to me, regardless, remember, if what was said was true or false, it doesn't matter, essentially. It's that they had emotional damage from it because they did not allow any evidence of what actually occurred in Sandy Hook to be used in this defamation trial because it was not a criminal trial. So it didn't matter if it was true. It didn't matter if it was false. They said it was bad. They said it hurt their feelings. They said they were upset about it, and they now are getting a billion dollars allegedly, which obviously there's going to be a whole lot of stuff behind the scenes trying to handle that because, I mean, clearly you can't – this is ludicrous. But precedent, my friends, precedent is a very, very good and also a very, very bad thing in law cases. And this right here set an unbelievably dangerous precedent here in the United States for alternative media for people to simply come back now and say, well, I'm – emotionally damaged by what you said about this because it wasn't true well here's the evidence why it's true no i'm suing you now it doesn't matter if it's true or not i'm emotionally damaged from it this is a big deal and it's something that we really need to understand is not okay at all also to another news this is something that i also am proud of to see and this again though is what kind of gets me questioning how far they're going to start pushing back on the parents of School boards or basically parents that are coming to school boards that are raising cane. We're already seeing now the FBI has already said that they're looking into parents that question the narrative as you know possible domestic terrorists and domestic extremists. We've already talked about that in detail of all the stuff they were involved in as far as looking into that. Well, parents now at the Incitias uh, school board meeting in California. I know I didn't say that right. Whatever. 
E-N-C-I-N-I-E-I-T-A-S school board meeting in California Wednesday night protested at an LGBTQ Halloween event that featured family-friendly drag show. In the footage from Wednesday night's meeting, parents called out the board for allowing this event, blasting the perverted liberal agenda for sexualizing children and indoctrinating them into gender confusion. Spot on. This is what one of the ladies said there. If you guys remember, I said this a couple – like about a year, year and a half ago. I said, is there a reason why when you go to certain events that may be seedy places, there's always age limits? You go to a casino to gamble, you've got to be 21. You go to an adult event or you know a gentleman's club, it's 18 and up. You go to a bar, it's alcohol, you've got to be 21 and up. There's age limits for certain things, and they're usually right around the same age limits for good reasons because most people don't need to be there in general, but you definitely don't need people under 21 and 18 at these places. Well, suddenly now you've got these absolute perverted communists, in my opinion, pedophile school boards that have now found this loophole to where if you just put family friendly on it, it doesn't matter if it's a grown man that's a transvestite wearing a thong exposing himself to young children. Suddenly, because you put family friendly on the flyer, it makes everything okay now. Newsflash, guys. Transvestite parties and drag show parties are never family-friendly. They never have been family-friendly. They're very perverted. There's a reason why the Rocky Horror Picture Show and all its perversion of filth movie that was, it was rated R. It wasn't PG. It was R. It was a very, very perverted film for whatever reason they wanted to make it. This is why situations like that are always R, 18 and up. But now suddenly this mom brings us up here. And this is spot on with it. She goes, I just want to know, what is it that makes a drag show family friendly? Because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, you could slap family friendly titles on anything. You could say we're having family friendly gentleman clubs, family friendly strip shows, family friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read alouds. Will you approve my flyer if I host a all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families because it's family friendly? That's my question, which is why we have a culture that has a huge problem with child porn and child sex trafficking that is getting worse. You guys are making the decision to sexualize young children, but yet turn around and claim that it's family friendly. This is not okay. And she's spot on. I mean, I, I've said this last time else said it finally. What in the world is making this okay? And the question is, it's not. It's okay because it's happening. And people are going along with it, and there's parents that are actually taking their kids and allowing their children to go to it. I, I'll, I'll tell you guys this straight up because this is something that I told Lana wasn't – my daughter was not going to be involved in this the other day. I'm just flat out. And I'm not going to use any names of any areas around here, but I – my daughter is in gymnastics, you know, regular gymnastics, girls' gymnastics. She's four years old and basically learning how to do flips and tumbles, and it's great, which I highly recommend for kids that want to be active. It keeps them very flexible, very limber, allows them to actually really get motor coordination and stuff down as well. But she did regular gymnastics, not competition, not cheer. I'm not, she's not running around doing all the crazy makeup dances around the state. I'm not getting all that. Basic gymnastics. Well, the school asked – basically all the moms there if they wanted to have them do a cheerleading debut at a local high school. And I didn't know anything about this at first because Lana was like, oh, yeah, all the girls were going to do it. They're doing some like little cheerleading demo thing. And I thought it was like with a gymnastics class. And I said, well, that's fine. You know, whatever. They're going to you know practice with that. I said, I'm sure, you know, Kendall will like enjoy doing that. Well, I did not know this until later on. 
is that where they were debuting was going to be right alongside the field with the other teenage cheerleaders at a Friday night high school football game. Yeah, my little four-year-old daughter was going to be out on the field doing cheer with other adult cheerleaders with other football players at a local high school football game. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have gone to Friday night football games. I used to go to them all the time. I can tell you that they're not a place for a four-year-old child, especially a four-year-old girl whatsoever. And the stranger we continue to get with this weird perversion and grooming and sexualizing these young children and exposing them to this while we're trying to normalize pedophilia, I can tell you right now, there's no place my daughter's going to be anywhere near Friday night football game at four or five years old right now. And I told Lana, I said, she told me where they were going. I said, excuse me? She goes, well, yeah, that's, that's where they're, they're having the event. I said, you didn't tell me that. I said, you're, they're having a little cheerleading like event at the place where she practices. She goes, no, no, it's a Friday night high school football like, halftime thing. I said, absolutely not. I said, as weird as these high schools have gotten and as weird as these, these school boards have gotten with these perverts running it, promoting this stuff. So you think my four-year-old daughter is going to be out on the field with a bunch of football players and other cheerleaders at four years of age on Friday night with all the partying and boozing and all the kids do at these high school games? I said, no, 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 no. The answer is no. She's not getting exposed to that at four years old. And Lana said, okay, I'll tell her. And she told her, and Kendall was kind of upset at first. And I asked him, Kendall, why can't I go? I said, well, sweetheart, I said, you need to be a little bit older before you do stuff like this. I said, secondly, you just you need to be a little bit older before you do stuff like this. I said, nobody bothered to communicate this to me beforehand. I said, well, I would have stopped it from the very beginning. And I said, but I'm really sorry, but we'll do something else. We ended up going out and having a good time and having fun other than doing something completely different that was fun. And I didn't want to do that to her. She was all excited. But I can tell you right now, there's no business a four-year-old has at a Friday night football game on the field, period. And be very cautious because I've known this when I was younger, and I saw this a lot growing up when I was in school and in college and everything. A lot of these girls that get involved in the cheerleading, when they get older and they get involved in the high school cheerleading, a lot of them have a lot of stuff that happens to them. I'm not going to go into detail because of what happens with other football players, what happens with other cheerleaders, with other stuff they get exposed to and being highly sexualized at a very young age. Be very, very cautious of what your girls get involved in when they get older with that. Because I can tell you right now, the high schooling and the cheerleading from the 60s and 70s and 80s that we had back then, it's not now. As you can see now, when you're having school board discussions about family-friendly drag show story hours and drag show halftime events and all these things that they're starting to try to normalize and say this is okay at high schools, now they're trying to promote it at middle schools, now they're trying to promote it at elementary schools – Here's the problem with perversion. It has no limits. It's never satisfied because it is perversion. It's never satisfied. It always wants more and more and more and more, all the way till you can take it to Sodom and Gomorrah, where every man, both young and old, descended on Lot's house and demanded that he bring both the angels outside so they could have their way with him. You think that's perverted? I mean, come on. That's where it goes, and that's how it starts to get when things have no limits. That's why there has to be lines drawn with moral and ethical values in this country, and that is why it's so important you continue to raise your children as best they can, especially at a young age. Obviously, when they start becoming teenagers, they get older, you're not going to be able to control it. I mean, they're, they're, they have to become adults at some point in time. But at this early young age, especially when they're this young, single-digit age, it is your responsibility. And do not give in to peer pressure just because other people say it's okay or normal. If you don't feel like it's okay or normal, do not allow it to happen. That's my opinion on that, Dad. What do you think? Uh, you're 100% right. Look at that Netflix show, Cuties. 
and you know, and the perversion they did, and all the twerking these young girls were doing, and all the yep, makeup absolutely. stuff, and all these, all these, all these, these, these tournaments they go in, and these contests they go in, these beauty pageants they go in, and they're dressed up like full, they got wearing wigs, and they got all full makeup and eyelashes on, and all this lipstick, and and they, they they're trying to make them look like they're teenagers or, or adults, and and what happens is you got a whole group of guys out there that are a bunch of perverts. Just let you know that in case anybody isn't, isn't aware of that, you got a bunch of pervert guys. I had a one of our listeners. I'm not going to disclose what part of the country it's in. I was speaking to her yesterday, and she told me basically that you know she's actually been placed before where she's watched guys actually scope out little six and seven year old girls. I mean, scope them out like you know, like they want to have their way with them, and it's just it's that bad. And you know, it's like it's like when uh, I'm sure if Grady Judd said when they arrested a bunch of these you know child what do you call it pornography people here in Polk County a few months back he said this isn't looking at Playboy magazine this isn't looking at you know models that are 17 18 years old you just look at babies and children and he goes and they download this filth onto their computers and that's the culture that we live in that's that's what's happened and Austin's 100% right to protect my granddaughter and his daughter from this type of stuff you don't have to facilitate that because remember you put that into their minds when they're in a theta brainwave state when they're four five six seven eight years of age they think it's normal. They think they can go out there and do this stuff and it's all right. And I'm like Austin. A lot of the girls that were cheerleaders ended up getting used by guys on the football team. I saw that happen. I'm not going to be you know, talking about that, but that's what happens. And you guys know I'm right about that too. And so you've got to protect your kids. And, and Austin's also right because the two of the hardest kids that I had to raise were our daughters when they turned out to be teenagers because they decided to, they wanted to do their own thing and act their own way and they wanted to grow up. And sometimes – you got to do the best you can to protect them, but sometimes they're, they're going to still do whatever they want to do. And by the grace of God, you know, by the time they're 21, 22, 23, 24 years of age, they get enough concrete, rational thought going that they realize that the way they had lived and things that they had done wasn't okay. They start to repent for the way they acted, and they start to basically realize that they can't live like that any longer, and they start changing. The same thing with guys. The guys do the same thing when they're when they're young. They start a lot of times they start making stupid decisions and hanging out with the wrong people. That's why the Bible is very clear about bad company will corrupt good character. And I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again with people who hang out with bad people. And so you've got to protect your children on who they hang out with. That's super super important because if they get around the wrong people, they're going to become the wrong person. Just let you know that. It doesn't say it the other way around. It doesn't say that you know. Good company will correct bad character. It doesn't say that. It says that bad company will corrupt good character. So be careful who your children hang out with. It's really, really, really important. And also, I want to thank you for bringing that because it's great. Also, I want to say one other thing, too, about this this billion-dollar settlement. This is a full assault on the First Amendment is what this is. This is a full frontal assault on the First Amendment to basically scare everybody all media not to ever say anything about anyone or anything. And why are they doing that? Because all media has had a huge impact and changing the mindset of the population of the United States, especially shows like the Ted Nossum Rower Show or the Jeff Rents Show, because we come in and we just lay it all out. Now, now Jeff and I, we don't agree on everything. We disagreed on some stuff that we talked about last night, but it, but it doesn't matter. At least we're getting information out there that's going to basically make everybody think about what's really going on. I, mean, I don't think we're going to go to thermal global nuclear war. Don't believe it. Don't, I don't think the entities that are out there running everything are going to allow it to happen because they don't want their infrastructure destroyed. Remember, God is the one who split the continents apart with Genesis chapter 6 when he flooded the planet. God is the one that turned off the magnetic ley line transmitters with all the pyramids. God is the one who pulled the entire continent of North America away from Europe. That was God doing that. Lucifer didn't do that. He, hadn't, he has any ability to do that. God did that because he wanted to shut down, and he did it. These guys are not going to go and intentionally nuke their own infrastructure and destroy their own 5G transmitters. They're not going to do all that. 
They, why would they? Why would they set off a bunch of EMPs all over the planet and destroy their entire electronic infrastructure? They're not going to do that. They're using that infrastructure to make everything evil all the time, and that's their goal. But I said, like I said on Wednesday, so you can listen to it. I'm not going to cover it again. There could be a false flag radiation release. It's not even a real radiation release. You guys can listen to that show again, and you can basically two days ago and, and, and realize that I've posted something, and I actually gave a hypothesis there of what could happen, what, what could, what's probably going to happen, which I hope it doesn't happen, but it's a high probability. One other story here. Well, a couple more real quick. Yellen worries over the loss of adequate liquidity in treasuries. You know, Secretary Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen cited concerns about the potential for a breakdown of trading of U.S. Treasuries at her department's leads an effort to shore up that crucial market. We are worried about a loss of adequate liquidity in the market, Yellen said Wednesday in answering questions about a speech in Washington. Now, I say all that to say this to you. Another article was written about the same type of problem, and here's what it said. And it was a, it was a book that was Naomi Prin, and she called the book "No One Wanted to Call the Fed's QE Quantitative Easing." A Ponzi scheme, but it was. Wall Street veteran Naomi Prince's new book is being released today. This was back a few minutes ago, about a week ago, and it should be given to every member of the Senate Banking and House Financial Services. The permanent distortion on how the financial markets abandoned the real economy forever. The book does what neither of these committees has done for the American people. It explains how the financial crash of 2008 unleashed an unbridled, unaccountable Fed as Wall Street's permanent sugar daddy distorting the market functioning with this perpetual money spigot to the point that markets no longer function as a pricing mechanism or efficient allocator of capital, a little bit more along the lines of a Ponzi scheme for the rich. Prins writes, once central banks unleashed monetary policy to accommodate megabanks, subsidize Wall Street financiers, and bolster global markets, the very idea of a free and open market and laissez-faire investing died. The threat of raising rates or ceasing to buy bonds could catalyze panic, instability, and chaos, so the threat was never issued. No one would call out the Fed QE a Ponzi scheme, but it was. The reason this happens is when they have to increase the money supply like they did with the QE quantitative easing, trillions of dollars got sent out, by the way. When they do that, they're increasing the money supply because of derivative and market exposure because everything's a Ponzi scheme with the Fed. You have interest rates. You have money being paid back. You have a national debt that continually pulls money back out of the economy, and when that happens, they've got to increase the M1 money supply in order to have a shortage. There's not enough money in the money supply, in the M1 money supply, to pay back the national debt because it's been paid back in interest on the national debt. It was never printed. So this entire thing with the Federal Reserve Bank is a Ponzi scheme, and I've gone into detail with this repeatedly, 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 and that's what it is. And they know that. They know that to start with, and they know that whatever country does it ends up getting hopelessly enslaved by debt. Another interesting thing, America's drug crisis has been laid bare. A new CDC map is showing fatal overdoses have risen in all but eight states in the past year. This is all from that fentanyl stuff. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention predicted rises in drug overall deaths, but in all in eight states. Alaska hit the worst with a huge increase of 43% from April 21 to April 22. Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky were among the states who saw decreases in drug rates, drug rates deaths. Fatal drug overdoses have risen in all but eight states in the past year, according to the official data that lays bare America's drug crisis. Again, fentanyl is being blamed for a lot of this. You remember that we got out of Afghanistan because now they discovered fentanyl. They don't have to worry about that anymore. We have 65 million people that are addicted to opiates in the United States right now with close to 100,000 dead from opiate overdose last year. And we need to understand that this group of people that is running the planet, same group we talk about every day, the guys who took down Building 7, the Kabbalist Luciferian Synagogue of Satan Network, is the one running the drugs too. 
And what's also interesting is this. Now we're starting to find out that the FDA is failing children with this poor vaping regulation. I know I have a friend of mine right now. Her daughter is 17 years old. She's addicted to nicotine because of vaping. They're targeting online retailers instead of physical locations where teens get their devices from. We have another whole group of teenagers right now that are becoming addicted to nicotine because they basically have been given this by their friends because bad company corrupts good character, and they're hanging out with people that are addicted to nicotine, which is hard as heroin, they say, to get off of. Nicotine's a rough one, guys, and if you're on it, do the best to come off that as quick as you can, but don't start vaping. It's just it's not healthy for you. Also, the FDA is now warning of an Adderall shortage. Adderall, of course, is a Schedule II drug. We talked about it in length this week. It's in the same category with morphine, opium, percodan, and Demerol. And the Food and Drug Administration has now posted news that an Adderall shortage this week, warning that manufacturers will not be able to meet the U.S. market demand. While several manufacturers are still producing and supplying Adderall and its generic variants, major pharmaceutical companies are currently dealing with insufficient issues affecting their production. Remember, these are controlled substances. The FDA only allows a certain amount of Ritalin and Adderall to be produced. That keeps the market demand really high, which is interesting, and keeps the price you know, really high and stabilizes the market. But remember, Adderall and Ritalin are one of the top 10 drugs. These amphetamine salts, it's like methamphetamine, uh, they're methamphetamine, they're, the, they're one of the top 10 drugs slated for pharmaceutical theft because people use them and grind them up and snort them up their noses. It's what people do. It's crazy what they do with these drugs. This is a dangerous drug. And again, as I've issued, we issued the warning to you beginning of the week, and I issue to you again, don't start this as a primary course for your children. If they've been diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, try natural approaches first. And above all, really watch the vaccines that you give them. We didn't give my kids any vaccines. We never had any problems with ADD with any of them or ADHD. All right, I'm out, I'm out of time. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. Also, finish it up. And by the way, it was my pleasure praying for you. My, so, guys, I love you, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday, finish up awesome. Absolutely. I mean, you can see all these combinations together, the, their cumulative effect in order to control the general populace in the direction they want. I mean, I, that sent me a photo yesterday. It was a back window of a guy's truck, and it said, sudden adult death syndrome sounds much nicer than genocide. And quite frankly, I can really argue with that statement. What we're seeing right now, and I told you guys this, is they were going to use every excuse in the book as they could now from long COVID to random sudden, ade- sudden adult death syndrome to all these other ailments that are starting to occur. Somebody sent me a link yesterday. It was an article where it said oh, – I'll pull it up real quick. I'll tell you guys this. It, you know, Video games have been out for decades and decades, never been anything abnormal. Some video games can be used in moderation, but I don't ever recommend using them a lot, especially with kids. If you can, don't even need them. And this is entitled the articles from Lifestyle Magazine just two days ago. Video games could now trigger deadly heart problems in children, studies say. So now they're suddenly starting to say that if the kids use too many video games, they could cause issues with heart arrhythmias and heart problems and pericarditis and inflammation of the heart. Wait, what? So we had video games come out in the what, early 90s when they first started to roll out. Obviously, they've become way more advanced now. They have been for the last decade. Uh, but suddenly we have a study now that's saying that kids are starting to come down with pericarditis and heart palpitations because they're playing video games too much. Come on, guys. Video games aren't healthy for you. I'm not going to make that argument. But what I'm saying is suddenly, suddenly, kids are starting to come down with this after this shot's been rolled out over the last year. This entire thing is being used as cover. That's why I read you guys those headlines a couple weeks ago. Falling asleep on the couch can cause blood clots. Gardening too much can cause health problems with your heart. All these articles coming out now trying to blame anything they can for a heart problem. 
after people have been getting these shots. So continue to get the truth out there. And there's a lot of different nutrients as we talked about repeatedly. If you have been having some health issues from that shot, understand there are options. You know, good things like the COQ10 and the vitamin E, those are really good for blood viscosity. Also, too, you can go in and make sure you're taking healthy amounts of omega-3 fats with the turmeric force and GHI cleanse. Really, really reduces inflammation in the body, and those things can help out a lot. And Also, the magnesium brain food can really support the brain, also support the heart as well. Lots of natural things you can do out there, but one thing you can't keep doing is keep getting the kill shot repeatedly over and over and over again. But I think we've reached a point now where pretty much almost everybody I've talked to, nobody's buying the lie anymore, which is a good thing, but it also means we need to get this full exposure out there now and really have some have some recourse for what's happened, like the minister from Croatia said over here now. Now, not only do we want this contract canceled, you know, Europe wants a refund. <laughs> so, again, keep getting the truth out there and keep fighting, my friends. Have a great, safe, awesome weekend. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. Got a lot of different specials on there, as you guys know. With the Advanced Joint Therapeutic Kit, buy the products of the Joint Rebuilding and Joint Relief. Get the hyaluronic acid completely for free. Also, too, we got the potassium iodide, molecular iodine. Really, really good formula on the front page of the website. It's an incredibly good product for thyroid health, for just about everything. It's very, very good for the immune system and also can help out with burning body fat if used correctly with other healthy diet and uh, exercise activities. So be sure to check that out on the website and vote for what you want to see win next week on product of the week looks like the magnesium brain food is going to be pushing pretty strong over there it's got a lot of a lot of hits on it right now so be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com have a blessed safe awesome night my friends and i'll talk to you guys again on monday as always Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.